Hello, I'm Jo McNaughton. I think the reason you got me here is because I'm mother of Duncan Scott. So just to put the uh, the listeners into uh, a bit of context, um, you, you actually know one of our colleagues at Indie Live Radio, um, Fiona, um, yeah. and she had suggested that um, because of your connection with swimming as a sport um, and also um, your son doing so well at the Olympics, um, you might want to have a wee chat with us here uh, for the locker room, which is our sports show. Um, so what kind of background do you have uh, in relation to the sport of swimming? Uh, not my favourite sport. <laughs> <laughs> Love watching it. The idea of getting wet and getting dried again, it's, it's, a, it's a no-no for me. I'm land completely. My husband's the one that enjoyed swimming, and actually, both kids, both are, we have two kids, a daughter, uh-huh. son, and a daughter, and both of them have thoroughly enjoyed swimming too. Yeah, it's it's a sport that um, in Scotland we seem to be producing over the last few years, certainly since around about the Commonwealth Games of two thousand fourteen, um, quite a high caliber of uh, swimmers. You know, getting to you know the final events. We've consistently had very strong swimmers. I can think back to many um, Olympics where actually it's probably three three Scots in a relay of four. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, if you go back to Rio 24, 2015, exactly yeah. that. Yeah, I must admit, it's not really, I, I enjoy swimming, always have done um, ever since I learned to swim, but it's not really a sport that, you know, I, I would have followed as such. You know, um, it was much more a recreation thing for me uh, as opposed to, you know, sort of taking part in, you know, swim events and races and stuff. (laughs) So let's just touch on uh, Duncan. Yeah. Um, So he did really well at the the recent Olympics uh, over there in in Japan. How difficult was it for you as a parent, you know, not to be able to go and physically support him? To be perfectly honest, um, there are very few major competitions other than those in Europe that we have been able to afford to go to. Right. So there is nothing new for us to not be there, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. we did go to Gold Coast, but that was a big that was a really big deal. And we actually we crowdfunded and a lot of people helped us get there. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose um, that's always going to be an issue, isn't it, for families of athletes? Um, regardless of whether they're, you know, swimmers or field athletes, um, the cost of being able to get to, you know, like a major games or a major contest, especially if it's outside of, you know, the UK. Yeah, it's also the cost of the tickets. I think there's an assumption that as a parent, you would automatically have a ticket, but you mm-hmm. don't. Um, right. And certainly for the Olympics, we could be guaranteed a ticket one ticket Mm -hmm. but we would still have to pay for that so for somebody like Duncan who is swimming almost every session every Mm -hmm. day and he could be doing the heats for those too Mm -hmm. that really does add up and on the grounds that you might only have that one ticket that that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's quite (laughs) tricky yeah I, I can I can certainly see that and obviously um there's a lot of time has to go into you know any uh, sporting activity when you're getting to that sort of elite level um, you know there's a lot of time has to be put in for training and all that kind of stuff um, is it difficult from a parent's point of view to help to keep that support going or is it just something that you kind of got used to over the years you do just get used to it it's it's uh, I think you, you 
it does just sort of take over your life and then you mm. does you come out of the bubble at the other end because they are then in charge of their own getting mm. to their own competitions and stuff um which makes life very different but yeah it is just yeah. part of what you do yeah i mean i'm thinking in terms of you know i mean let's be honest if you want to do well in anything you know you have to put the work into it you know whether it's a sporting activity or an artistic activity or whatever it might be you have to put in the hard hours you know to, to be able to reap the rewards um, and obviously unless you come from a family where there is absolutely no limit to you know the amount of funds that they can provide to help you with that it makes it a wee bit more difficult I think but I could be wrong with that you know to be able to get far in the sport um I think there's quite a considerable number of misconceptions there because if you were running you you go out you join a club mm. and and quite a number of clubs will have hardship funds now for those right. who may not manage I have one or two queries though I mean uh, certainly West District um, Scotland's divided into four districts for swimming purposes and mm. certainly when we first joined if you had been a mum with um, two kids um, a single mum with two kids you could turn up for an event you could be uh, assisting poolside and your travel would be covered by the district so in other words mm -hmm. because you were helping out at the side of the pool um for whatever reason that was changed um which isn't ideal um so therefore that can have a restricting effect because if you've got two kids in the pool you're going to be there anyway but yeah. if you're going to get some help towards the payment of of driving out to mm -hmm. for the sake of argument dumfries for a competition then that that's pretty useful you know yeah no absolutely i mean i I think you're right, you know, that there is probably a misconception um, because certainly from my own personal point of view, I, you know, I've got really no idea at all, you know, what goes on in the background to help get athletes to wherever it is that they're going to go, whether they're swimmers or runners or whatever it is. And it's interesting that you said there, you know, like some of the, the running clubs and that, they have like hardship funds. That was something mm. that I would never, ever have known, you know, unless I was kind of involved with it. Yeah, I, I mean, if I were, if I were really blunt, um, both my husband and I attempted. Um, we we certainly brought up the, the the question mark of hardship funds and why couldn't it be uh, um, tied to somebody's tax code or something similar? And there was a huge amount of of. Uh, <sighs> it was actually very upsetting to see that they couldn't see the benefits for that because you will have some very very good kids who through no fault of their own won't won't continue because there is a cost there is yeah. a cost of joining a club there's a, a monthly cost for maintaining club fees and then if you're going to go to competitions there's a cost in that as well yeah. and some of that cost depending on the club that you're with maybe maybe um the club will will help pay for some of that but mm -hmm. a hardship fund i mean frankly sports scotland could be quite firm but um i i would be surprised if they will but yeah and to turn around and say we will give no more funding to this particular sport unless you can can um state that you've got a hardship fund in place and those mm. are those are quite they are quite essential but yeah i mean I'm maybe thinking... it'd be better for us to have our own lottery funding though first <laughs> well it's funny it's funny you should say that because i was just going to say that i, I was reading recently um 
although I didn't watch the Olympics, uh, I was reading some articles recently about, you know, the funding from the National Lottery um, for, you know, athletes and, you know, swimmers, etc. you know, getting there. And I was going to ask you, you know, is it easy or is it quite difficult trying to access that sort of support? Uh, you will have no choice in that. Right. Because if you haven't reached those standards, if you haven't stipulated at the start of a season what your your expectations would be by the end of the season, so you've got, months, for the sake of argument, 10 months to perform, but if you don't perform as you had expected to do, then you're not meeting the expectations that you've set yourself and your coach has set you, mm. and therefore you will not move on to the next stage you know you're not you're not putting the effort to get the, to reap the rewards but um lottery funding is entirely down to i mean all these top i can only really speak for the summers but the summers will have come out and they will have said this is what i expect to get if i don't get that if they don't get that their lottery funding will be removed right. straight away and there's no there's no, there's no back in between pit if you're up here in scotland you will have if you're at university there will be a bit of funding from perhaps from your own university there's also winning students as as another form of funding Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. and that's what keeps people in the sport at that stage but the most difficult stage i would suggest is probably when they're 13 to 16 because there's no funding really other than a local council grant of a couple of hundred pounds which would probably pay for an overnight stay. Right, <laughs> Let's right. be honest, you know, because when you go to a competition, it'll be five, seven pounds for competition fees, probably more than that now, because it's yeah. obviously a while since I've had to deal with them. I mean, I, I know um, slightly different um, sort of events, really, but friends, their daughter was doing really well at 10 pin bowling um, and she represented, uh, you know, Scotland and Fife as a 10-pin bowler and I know that they found it difficult, you know, funding if they had to go like down to England or whatever for a competition, you know, um, they very much had to try and find, you know, the funds for that. That's the only real kind of like, not even a personal experience, but close experience that I've ever had in, in respect of funding and I had always kind of thought that because the lottery is supposed to be funding, you know, athletes and stuff like that i just kind of thought that there was this great big pool of money that you know was got together by the lottery and then people would just you know say right i'm going to be going to the commonwealth games in australia or whatever it might be and it's going to cost this amount of money you know and it would get uh, allocated to them but obviously that's not really how it works then no but also i mean if they go to if they go to the olympics it's the it's the british olympic authority that will pay for that and mm-hmm. that is completely void of government it is it is sponsored that is fully sponsored right. um and i believe that team scotland does exactly the same certainly right. you know y- you arrive um in fact i think it was jack mcconnell that set that one up um mm-hmm. so that we had funds as opposed to scotland appearing with you know bits of kit yeah there was a fund available and and that was then provided for mm-hmm. um so it's the lottery is you have fund you have podium funding and podium potential funding and the podium potential funding tends to kick in maybe when they're about 16. And there's a limit. You can go online, you can go on to British Swimming, Stroke Scottish Swimming, you'll see who's part of those squads and mm-hmm. who, who will get funding. And you will also see that now that the Olympics have taken place, 
there were athletes who were expected to, who, who might have been expected to get certain medals, others that they were expected to get into the team. And if they haven't achieved that, then they are very likely to be without any funding at all. Yeah. There are about 60% of all athletes that went to the Olympics. So in other words, 40% had no funding at all. Right, right. I mean, that's amazing to me, you know, because as I said, I had this probably an airy fairy idea that, you know, they were all getting, you know, some sort of financial help. Um, but obviously that, that wasn't the case. Um, what about sort of like private uh, sponsorship then? I mean, is that a difficult thing for, you know, since we're talking about swimming, swimmers to be able to access you know, sort of like local companies or whatever, you know. It's very difficult because, frankly, the saddest part and the most difficult part is that swimming is not covered by the TV stations. Yeah. Okay, so um, that's 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 the big, big delight. Somebody, um, I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but he set up the International Swim League, which will be on, um, you'll see it streamed in about two weeks' time. Uh-huh. And anybody who's signed up for the International Swim League will get probably about £15,000, which right. is hugely helpful towards their living frankly mm, no, you know absolutely because so, that's, that that's worldwide that's not just that's not just athletes from the UK that's mm. all over the world so mm. you know the great thing about these teams is each team has a roster made up of maybe about 10 15 different nations yeah much more interesting very speedy yeah I mean I've always kind of thought that it's a wee bit strange you know that it doesn't kind of get the, the coverage you know on TV um, because it can be very exciting, I think, you know, when you're watching, you know. Well, significantly swimming, more you know? exciting than watching a sport that takes 90 minutes and maybe nothing <laughs> happens in the 90 minutes. I mean, I find it really interesting that, and it also takes, that 90 minutes might be outside in really wet conditions. Yeah. Our weather is inclement, you know, yeah. um, swimming, you know, it can take place it could be within 21 seconds or 15. 15 yeah. is our maximum, you know? Mm-hmm. And we all get up and go, oh, well, I'll go and get a coffee just now and come back for the final bit, <laughs> you know? So this idea of sitting somewhere and watching something last 90 yeah. minutes is... Yeah. No, I, I, do you know what? I completely agree with you. I mean, I'm a, I'm a massive football fan, you know, but uh, I do despair, you know, at the kind of money that gets thrown at it when you think of other sports that are, in my opinion, you know, equally as deserving, but for whatever reason. Well, the other thing is that they actually, the other sports are achieving a major, major things. Mm-hmm. I got very, very cross at, um, because you will have, you'll have Scottish ministers tweeting when the Scottish football teams makes, makes it to the Euros, but we've yeah. got European champions in other, on other sports. So yeah. there's an, you know, you, uh, it's a bit frustrating. You say, why don't you give more page footage to mm-hmm. the other sports on the grounds that actually they are achieving <laughs> and when people see others achieving they go and join in they are they're up it's an upbeat factor it's yeah. almost as if it's being suppressed on the grounds that we might suddenly realize we're okay at a variety of things because actually there's a variety of sports out there where we're hugely good yeah i must admit i thought you know the the lead up to the Euros, the fact that Scotland had got in there was like way over the top. And as I said, I mean, I'm a great football fan, but I just thought, you know, they're really over the top with this. Yes, it's great that it's the first time that they've done it in a very long time. However, you know, people were going back to the way it was 30 years ago, or oh, we're going to win this tournament. Well, no, I'm sorry, that's not what's going to happen. But I can see from the point of view of people who are taking part in sort of more individual type sports, you know, like swimmers, where there is a 
greater potential for them to win, you know, the the hundred meters breaststroke or whatever the you know the, the event is within the swimming that they're doing, and certainly as you say, there probably should be greater support given to that, um, whether that's from the government or whether it's from some sort of body being you know set up to look after it. What percentage does the Scot does Scotland make up of the whole of the UK? Eight percent. There's eight percent of the Scottish of the UK population. We make up fourteen percent of the British Olympic team, and of the swimming team, we made up twenty one percent. Right, so that that's pretty big then, really twenty one percent. We make so. up twenty five percent of the medals. Now, if was... you don't see it being portrayed, you're not going to mm. realise that. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I had no idea about that. You know, um, I, I can just kind of recall reading somewhere that as a whole, the the team got, I think it was at 65 medals or something, um, which I suppose is good. I don't really know, but I suppose that's a, a good sort of tally medal-wise. But there are probably people within that who have won, you know, multiple medals as you know, your son had done, um, which possibly, in fact, I think I can honestly say, I don't really think I came across much in the way of reporting um, of his achievement, you know, in getting his medals. That's the way it is. <laughs> yeah, no, but again, you know, it's, it's just it's such a... He's the first Olympian to have won four medals and won Olympics from, yeah. from the British team. yeah. I mean, maybe I'm a wee bit naive, you know, because I don't really know a great deal about, you know, swimming as a sport in that sense. But I don't know. I just kind of think if that had been, you know, like the Scottish football team or the Scottish rugby team, you know, doing something of a similar nature, I mean, it would be everywhere. You know, it would be in all of the papers. It would be on, you know, BBC, STV, you know, all of the TV stations, all of the radio stations. You know, they would all be covering it. Um, but unless you're really into, you know, you know the sort of, in inverted commas, lesser sports, um, you're not really going to know about it. Well, actually, it's not that much of a lesser sport. There are more people that participate in swimming than any other sport in, in Scotland. So, you know, it depends on how you view lesser sports. And that's, that's the other interesting one as well. I yeah. can provide the fact for that one if anybody's <laughs> wanting it. <laughs> Participation yeah. levels, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I suppose when you think about it, though, you know, I mean, certainly I used to swim a great deal, um, you know, when I was a kid growing up, you know, I was always in the swimming pool and stuff like that. And it's always a sport that I've taken part in recreationally. Um, but out with of that, you know, I would have known very, very little about it. Um, and it was, in fact, uh, Fiona who posted up a link about, you know, Duncan's medals, you know, that he'd won. Otherwise, you know, I probably wouldn't have known about that either. Um, so I just, it's probably, you know, a bit of a fault on my part as well, you know, that maybe I should pay more attention to, um, you know, and maybe that's part of the problem as well, you know, not enough of us do pay attention to things other than the, again, in inverted commas, major sports. Yeah, well, that's just, that again is the fault of the media because actually mm. um, there are some exceptional 
Scottish rowers out there. That mm-hmm. Shona McIntosh is a world champion in shooting. I, you know, it's it. Yeah. Vultures who come from Clackmannanshire, they've been mm-hmm. world champions as well. There are millions of sports out there, <laughs> and we achieve many, many more things. Even a sixteen-year-old, I remember going to an awards ceremony to pick up something for dunks, and. Um, I was sitting there with a range of journalists who were all terribly excited about some golfer who'd reached the top 200. And I, I couldn't contain myself because it was like, <laughs> I'm going up to get an award for a 16-year-old who's in the world top 100 as a 16-year-old. Yeah. You know, and it just, it, it's the perception of what, and it's entirely down to, without being too cheeky about it, it's an awful lot is down to the media following the money. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't as disagree with to- you. As opposed to sporting talent, that yeah. may be the other one yeah. to look at as well. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't disagree with you at all on that. You know, um, I'm sure that there are lots of people involved in various different sports that are every bit as talented, if not more talented, than people who are making huge amounts of money. You know, because they play for particular football teams or you know whatever the case may be. Um, it's just a real disparity, isn't it? In the the way that people look at these things. Yeah, and I think it's probably, there's certainly significant hours put in in different sports, different levels, which mm. some couldn't cope with. That's that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and again, I think it goes back to that whole thing about the amount of time, you know, that has to be dedicated, you know, to, you know, to achieve, you know, your, your sporting goals or your goals in life in general. Um, if you don't put the work in, unless you're incredibly lucky, you know, you're not really going to get to the top. Um, and I've always felt that that's the thing that people should be paying more praise to, you know, is the dedication. Um, obviously, getting awards and medals and things like that's all well and good, but you should be looking behind that, you know, and seeing that these people are putting in a huge amount of work to achieve what they want to achieve. But it's also interesting to see kids who've been involved with things like athletics and swimming, uh, when it comes to them leaving the sport and perhaps going on to university or looking for a job at some other point in their life, because of the known, it's not just following instructions, it's also mm-hmm. about your your team building, it's being aware of, you know, you you. <sighs> your response to criticism and therefore taking on the criticism and then moving on to the next stage and developing yourself from that. So there are lots and lots of other benefits. It's not just about winning. It's also mm. all those other benefits that develop you as a whole person. So, I mean, sport, I, I would I would always encourage somebody to be involved in sport. There is a sport out there for anybody, you know, yeah. and everyone. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I've just uh, recently taken up cycling again um, after many, many, many years uh, of not doing it. Um, but it's it's more to do with the health, you know, getting healthier than wanting to partake in any competitions or anything like that. Um, but again, as you say, there is something out there for everybody, regardless of, you know, what it is that they're, they're going to do, you know. So, Going forward then, um, how many more years uh, would you say Duncan has, you know, I'm loath to say at the top, but, you know, in in real competitive uh, action? 
I mean, has he still got like 10, 15 years or? Um, it's very, very dependent on, on him as an individual. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I mean, it was very interesting, actually, this most recent um, Olympics. There were quite a number in their 30s, which I don't remember remarking on before. Mm-hmm. But also what I do remember making comment on and discovering was that the coming games in Glasgow in 2014 of the home nations, I can't say this of any of the other nations, but of the home nations, Scotland had the only swimmers who were in, who were born in the 1980s. So we have a, in, certainly Scottish swimming has a very good reputation for um, retention, which because we're quite a small country, that's yeah. incredibly, that's incredibly good as well. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. you don't want to, somebody off and they leave the sport early so uh, you know it'll be interesting to see uh, be interesting to see I think our our women have been hugely encouraged to remain within um, swimming they had a project called Project Ailsa and I think when it came to the European games the European juniors there was certainly a significant number of girls from Scotland because of Project Ailsa no so swimming I, 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 fantastic sport to watch. I would so encourage people to go and watch it. And if you've mm. enjoyed it during the Olympics, I would go and watch ISL, which you should manage to see last time around. It was definitely on YouTube. Mm. Um, and that'll come up 28th, 29th of, of August. And it's almost every two days, certain teams competing against each other. Yeah, those are the and ones. Are they, are they going to like a sort of central place to take part in this? Or is it? Duncan would be like in his, his local kind of pool. No, last it, time round, in November last year, when they did the second one, it was in Budapest, and there's an right. island in Budapest, which I can't remember the name of offhand, but the pool is on that island, and there were various hotels, and they were basically, all the swimmers landed in this, and it was a it was a bubble. I don't think mm-hmm. they'll manage it quite to the same degree, but this one that um, starts in at the end of August, that will be in Naples, and they'll right. be there, and for basically the best part of a month. So right. hmm. I'll keep an eye out for that. <laughs> um Especially any... Razzmatazz, there's lots of big, you know, whoop to do graphics and stuff. So it's yeah. it is very different. You, I would recommend somebody going online and looking at that, that's for sure. Yeah. But the other thing that you really must have you promoting is national when you mentioned national lottery earlier, national lottery have decided that they will have a prize for the National Lottery Olympian of the Year. So I um, encourage the listeners to go and vote for Dunks on that one because he is the only Scot that's All on right. that list. All right, well, I'll definitely and also, uh, hunt that out and put a vote in there for him, definitely. Well, it's um, also, um, he's the only he's only the only the Brit who's won four medals in one Olympics. There may be, his total mm. at the moment is six medals from an Olympics, which is pretty extraordinary for a 24-year-old. Yeah, yeah. I, the other thing I, I wanted to ask, and I suppose in a way it's, it's a kind of cheeky question maybe, um, I've always wondered about the, this duality of, you know, when when a, an athlete competes at the Commonwealth Games, you know, they compete either as, you know, Scotland, England, Wales, whatever, um, but for the Olympics, they compete. You know they compete as Team GB. Um, have you ever known anybody who would have not competed at that level because they didn't want to compete under the flag of Team GB? Flag is irrelevant. It's the competition that's is important. That? Right. Yeah. So, but I have to be very honest and say I find the nonsense online absolutely appalling. 
Yeah. The obsession with flag was just ridiculous. If you're competing, you're competing. Yeah. To get to the Olympics is so much more important than flags. Yeah. Just... Yeah, just a, part of the reason for the question as well was um, I did see quite a bit on it. And admittedly, social media is not the best place, um, you know, for sort of gathering any kind of information. But there was a real sort of furore across a lot of social media platforms, um, you know, about, you know, Scottish athletes or Welsh athletes shouldn't be taking part, you know, under Team GB, you know. And I kind of agree with yourself in that respect that surely it's about the competition as opposed to, you know, the body that you're, performing under apart from anything else scotland is not recognized by the ioc yeah at the yeah yeah um yeah. so un until you are, are an independent um country you can't do mm -hmm. anything other than that and for the athletes competing at olympic level is what matters the flag is is i would imagine to, to a greater extent there will be some to whom it is a great deal more important than others. Mm -hmm. But if you're a fan of the Olympics, getting to the Olympics is a dash sight more important, which is why of the 35, I think it's 35 athletes that went to the Olympics from, from Northern Ireland, only six of them competed for GB in Northern Ireland because the rest of them competed for Ireland. Oh, right. So competing at the Olympics is definitely more important than flag. Yeah, and the reason they're competing for Ireland is because they can get into the team in some respects more, more, uh, more easily. Yeah, I suppose it's a bit like. Uh, Don't want anybody taking offence to that. It's just <laughs> no. that is the way it is. But. Exactly, you know, and it's, it's a bit like um, I've always found it a bit strange, especially here in Scotland, um, where you get footballers who will go and play for the Republic of Ireland because, you know, their grandparents were from the Republic of Ireland, although to all intents and purposes, they're Scottish. And there's always been this kind of backlash against them, you know, um, you know, they're being traitors to their country and all this kind of thing. But then at the end of the day, when I think about it, I think, do you know what? They probably get a better chance of playing for the Irish national team than they would have possibly playing for, you know, the Scottish national team or even the English national team, you know. When you consider that England has a much bigger pool of sports people to, to draw from. I mean, saying that, there are certain... Um, I, I don't know what the times are to get into the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham next year, but I can certainly remember that for some of the events at Gold Coast, it was tougher to get into the Scottish team than it was to get into the English team, mm -hmm. purely mm -hmm. simply because of the standard that we have at certain events in Scotland. So just... Is there anything that you can maybe say, you know, to give a wee bit of encouragement maybe to any younger listeners, you know, who are, you know, obviously specifically for swimming because of your son, but, you know, is there any kind of words of encouragement that you can give to young people who are looking to get on in any sport? Actually, just go and try. The best thing is just going and trying. You won't know what you like until you've tried it. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's the great thing about lots of different um, councils will run multi-sports, mm. particularly during the summer months, and that's fantastic. But swimming, to go back to swimming, though, you must learn to swim. doesn't matter who it is. You must mm. learn to swim because it's a life skill. And yeah. we have so much water here that you really need to know about water and how to cope with it, you know. Yeah. 
No, well, listen. Vital. The, the Dunks is actually part. He is the ambassador for the Learn to Swim program. So yeah. uh, I, I would, uh, I would make sure that anybody does know how to swim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much um, for taking the time to, to have a chat with us. Um, thank you. Pass on my best wishes to Duncan and more power to his swim friends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ISL coming out, then you've got World Championships in Tokyo, uh, not Tokyo, but in Japan again next year. Mm. You've got the Commonwealth Games next year, you've got Europeans next year, so it's a very, very busy schedule. Yeah. yeah. Great. Brilliant. Well, thank you again. Bye-bye. No problem. Thanks again. Cheers. <laughs>